welcome to the Dark Horse podcast. My name is Cynthia McFarlane. I am a black female who was brought up in a white deprived area in Essex, East London, England. I discovered horses at a young age, but struggled to feel I belonged in the horse world. I aspired to be a barrister and succeeded in a predominantly white male profession. I later began dreaming of the freedom of riding horses whilst at court. I was driven to combine my passion for horses and my passion for law uh, to become the Dark Horse, aka Cynthia McFarlane, the equine mediator and barrister. Having overcome the odds as a black female to become a barrister in a predominantly white profession, I now faced the challenge of working as a black lawyer in the horse world, where black people struggle to find acceptance in riding schools, racehorse stadiums and polo clubs to name just a few. The purpose of this podcast is really to encourage a black child or an adult of any background, in fact, who has the passion to ride horses or wants that freedom, to empower them, to give them a sense of belonging, and hopefully uh, to build a conversation which leads to governing bodies making significant changes in the industry, providing a legacy for the next generation family. Welcome to The Dark Horse. I'm Cynthia McFarlane and this is episode nine, my interview with Lydia Hayward. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. It feels like it's been forever that I'm looking forward to this moment. So, um, Thank you, Sophia, for inviting me on. Can't wait to hear about what topics that we can run over. Oh, well, let's so many topics. I can say that for you now. Oh. I think first things first, you've been a busy woman. So <laughs> there's so much to get through. But um, the first thing probably would be asking you how you got into riding. Okay, that's a great place to start. I have a, a horsey mum. She's always been interested in horses, but her mother wasn't supportive of her competitive career. So when I showed an interest at aged 11, I was supported um, in getting my first pony because my exams went well when I left uh, junior school. So that, that, was, that was the trick to getting my first pony, concentrate on those exams. And then I really flew because I don't do things by halves and wanted to get competitive. And that first pony wasn't actually the most competitive. I think that's the way things go. You have priorities when you're buying horses and safety was paramount in that first purchase. And she was she was a fantastic safe horse. Uh, she was 13, one grey Welsh. And we went riding around the hills and things. But as soon as I wanted to go show jumping and, and win, I realised she wasn't the one to do that with. So we, we've had a, had a long journey from, from there where I then bought a show jumping pony with a lot of ability and very speedy too. And we show jumped at national level here in the UK. And I then decided that cross country was, was my favourite thing in the world. And uh, that took me to eventing. And I now yeah, represent Jamaica in eventing. And why did you choose Jamaica specifically? Being from the UK? Well, my uh, my parentage has got Jamaican in it. So I was able to, to go through my grandparents to gra- obtain citizenship. And that was really important to me to make the sport more diverse. I think mm. where 
a flag that automatically brings pride to the person wearing and other people that kind of feel some affiliation with that country. And I've seen that to be true through working with young riders. Um, They're always really excited to hear that I ride for Jamaica. It kind of broadens their horizons to, to see what's possible, which is a big reason as to why I did it. And there's so much nas- uh, there's so much talent, natural talent in Jamaica too. So I really enjoy visiting and updating the island on, on what I'm doing and making our sports kind of more exciting worldwide and, um, and getting a, a more global support for the equestrian sport as a whole. Didn't you win Sports Person of the Year over there as well? It was quite a big achievement. Oh. Thanks so much. Yes, I did. And it was it was a fantastic evening. They have uh, sports awards annually and the the amount of amazing athletes that I met on that evening really blew my mind from uh, track and field to rugby and of course myself winning uh, the sports person of the year in my category for equestrian uh, was great. It was live on telly across Jamaica and um it's just fantastic for our sport to to have a place on the stage there. The previous year, no equestrians were nominated, so I look at it from mm. yeah, from, a, from a, yeah, definitely. It's just it's so great to to get the untraditional sport, which is what it's known as over there, mm-hmm. um, into into the spotlight. And do you have any other professional links with Jamaica at the moment? I have a fantastic sponsor, and they're based on Treasure Beach, so. Your viewers must search Turtle's Nest Villa. Such a fantastic villa. And you you could take friends or family with a chef included and on the beach line. You're guaranteed to have a lovely time. So I'm very grateful for their support. We also have supported the only pony club in Jamaica called Comanas. They've received some some Christmas gifts from um, my corporation called Cool Ridings. And we aim to make more affiliations um, over the next few years to to help the talent stay in the sports. Yeah, I work closely with Jamaica. Yeah. And I I had a trip to the Jamaican Olympic Association in 2018. They were keen to hear about what I've been doing and my plans. And it's great to have those links and I'll, I'll, I'll keep in touch and then, yeah, hopefully make them proud in due course. It's great to be thinking about white beaches and blue sea and riding across the beach when it's raining in the UK right here today. (laughs) So um, yeah, that's something to think about. You've done quite a lot, obviously, as an eventer, but you've also, I think, recently started presenting as well, haven't you? Yes, I really enjoyed that work. And it was with Horse and Country TV. I had a series to film at Ebony Horse Club. I've been working with Ebony Horse Club since 2018 and they're in central London in amongst flat blocks and they help nearly 100 children to learn to ride and they have something to look forward to each week and they they build a social circle that they wouldn't have the opportunity to otherwise. So for all those reasons, I love to work with them. And the series was filmed whilst I was coaching a group of beginner riders and you see all of those things, their friendships and um, their natural ability and um, me coach too. So it's just well worth tuning in to Horse and Country online. So you're mentoring Ebony and is that why you chose that particular club because of the underprivileged children or the, the surroundings that they have? 
over there? Is that why you picked them? I, I chose Ebony Horse Club because at the time that was the really the only city horse club doing great things. Mm. So the the media drew my attention to what they were doing and I just had to get in touch. And they were really grateful that I did get in touch and welcomed me to come and give lessons. I tend to do that so each term and keep in touch with their riders. Some go off to a work experience and I'm able to stay a relatable link in the industry if they need some advice. They contact mm-hmm. me on the WhatsApp and, and we talk through things and, and make sure that they're making the correct decisions and just that they're comfortable because it can be a culture shock going from the centre of Brixton to the countryside and being kind of isolated with nobody that that looks like you. Mm. And this is really the main major part of this this podcast it's about people belonging so it's great that you've mentioned that it's exactly what we're um, looking to achieve in terms of this. You mentioned cool ridings as well it must be a play on words you mentioned that in respect of Jamaica Obviously, I've heard of the cool runnings. I've seen the film, the background of the team. Is that how you came to that particular title or name of your... um, Well, explain to me what you mean when you say cool runnings. There is a bit of a story behind it, actually. I was sat in the High Commission in London with the High Commissioner, and he was discussing how we go forward and and make Jamaica lead the way with Caribbean. Um, I... I think he got very excited and said, you have a film called Cool Ridings. And it really stuck. And I truly do believe I'll have a film called Cool Ridings in due course, but have to do some great things first. And I'm going to build that foundation with Cool Ridings. And I just aim to help as many young riders that have the ability to ride for developing nations uh, through that foundation. So there's partnerships we've done in fashion in the last few weeks. So we had a, a t-shirt line come out with DVR Equestrian and they're supporting us by donating money to Cool Ridings and Ebony Horse Club for each sale, which is a fantastic way to start. Excellent. And we had a, a board game out, which you can actually... Oh, right. Yeah, you can do that on horseback. It has the dressage arena letters on the outside and a whiteboard. He has a a little bit of info and you can check our page for more. Um, So raising funds and in due course having a bursary that will allow people to be competitive is is vital because I know that I'm self-funded and I find competing difficult financially. Mm. So I, I, I know that I won't be the only one feeling that way. And I just want to be the change that, that I would appreciate being in the world. Yeah. No, one, no one else is going to do it. I can't wait. I can't just wait around. It's, um, yeah, put some policies in place now. Take Last action time. now. You're right. Um, you've actually just come on to exactly what I was going to ask you next is, is what have you um, or how has it been for you have you faced obstacles? What obstacles have you faced that you wish to share on this? Well, my my mother's been truly supportive and given everything that she can to make sure I have a real good stab at this career that I've chosen. Uh, she's a single mother and um, did have a job in the corporate world, but that did in the recession, 2008, that mm. that was affected. And um, work didn't ever pick up really so I I know that finances have, have been difficult and, and lots of people do have single parents and 
it's just something that really strikes a chord with me because this team require this sport requires a big team around you. And I've had to network and and find allies and friends that can suggest routes for me and suggests you know maybe it leads for me to get the correct horsepower. But some people don't have the ability to network in that way. For the confidence, you know, I am a confident person with a strong sense of belonging, and some people need that installed into them a little bit more. Um, but I was I was raised in a way that makes me feel confident about my place in this world and this sport. So just having the support network is imperative, but it's been difficult to build and I'll continue to build it. I still require horsepower that I don't have. And I find Paris 2024 Olympics a, a very exciting prospect. Mm-hmm. As it stands with my current horsepower, they would be too young. I'm producing my own horses because of the, the cost aspect of buying one that's ready-made. So I, I need to continue building my team because I haven't inherited the contacts or the funding or the horses. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's a major difficulty, but I, I won't be paralysed by it. Now you're obviously taking action yourself rather than what people might, might have think, thought to continue to wait for someone to help them. You've obviously, as you say, a confident person, but not everybody else is in that position or feels that confident. What sort of steps would you or messages would you give um, a wannabe equestrian or an equestrian already who has not come from that particular background that's expected um, by others? Yeah, well, I believe this sport takes a lot of hard work, whether you have those contacts or not. So it's a great place to start working hard on a yard and not expecting to get those rides immediately because nobody does. I mean, I had to ride horses that that nobody else wanted to ride for a very long time and you know and have a broom in my hands you know be helpful as you can and you'll be noticed hopefully you know I'm still at the stage now where I think hopefully I'll be noticed and I'm positive that I will be and that's how you have to remain and just talking to as many people as you can and making a good impression for yourself because as as a black rider I know that I'll be remembered and that can add pressure in itself because I'm young and you know a slip of the tongue you could make a mistake um, and and it's just it's pressure to know that they will always remember your face yeah so I, I just think smiling and be helpful and meet as many people as you can. You mentioned earlier about diversity and also just a moment ago in, in terms of you being seen and obviously trying to set a path forward but no one wants to make mistakes and that's obviously something that everyone has over hanging over their heads whether we like it or not in terms of diversity what and how do you think feel about the equestrian industry and um what they're doing about diversity um the the equestrian industry is not balanced of course um i was on a, a usa seminar yesterday and they said under one percent of their members are black and I wish that the GB Federation would do similar seminars because these are the facts that we need to know. They haven't produced any documentation about diversity that I'm uh, I'm impressed by. I don't I don't believe I don't believe there's um, quite a path yet in England to increase diversity. So I, I'd like to see young people coming into contact with horses more, whether that's in the city or in the countryside. That could be done through schools, for example. 
And um, I know that I had an athlete from the sport pentathlon coming into my school and I was I was really moved by his presence. I nearly changed sport there and then because it had horses and I was very sporty, athletic, and I, I liked the elements. So I also liked that he was sponsored by Dubarry. You know, that was a brand that I knew through the horse world. I was just really impressed by him. And I think that's the way to do it, Be to be inspired by our athletes and it'll add credibility to them as people too, you know, working in unison to, to create the better image for our sport is what needs to be done right now. We need to modernise equestrian sport and, and have it more diverse and welcoming. I, I know parents come to a stage where they have to decide a sport or actually a curricular activity for their children and having equestrian as a more diverse sport will encourage parents to enlist their children in our sport. Mm. Um, as it stands, they're being sent in other directions. Yes, yes. Um, you've obviously spoken about collaborations that you you have ongoing. Um, are there any others that you are able to mention that you want to mention on this podcast? There's a couple of couple of ones that I think I need to keep under wraps at the moment. And what am I? Yeah, there's a really exciting one, really exciting one. But we must catch up about that. And I'm on Instagram, Lydia Hayward, so your listeners can follow me and stay tuned. But one I can mention is I'm going to Hickstead in a couple of weeks to meet with. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they have a cross-country course on a surface there. So I will do some footage with this Esme. She has a YouTube channel with over half a million subscribers and nearly nearly the same on Instagram so it's great to be able to to address her followers and maybe discuss some of the experiences I've had perhaps um through Pony Club I don't want to say exactly what we talk about but I will touch on maybe some some of the taunting that that I did go through just to make sure that the young viewers she has which tend to be under 16 on the Mm. most just it's just a way to to educate them on on diversity in sport in a light and fun way you know we'll we'll be uh, cheering each other on in our riding at Hickstead and then have a chat after and I think it'll just open some minds and it'll yeah. be great yeah and that's it's, Instagram's amazing for that isn't it really particularly with the younger people as well um because that's certainly what they're able to access um the what I'd like to I think what's really helpful for us to know um, if you have any tips or practices or rituals that you're able to share um, is how do you cope? I mean, at the moment, we have all gone through a lockdown recently and um, it's been difficult to remain positive. Is there anything that you've done yourself that you you think you can share um, if you're able to share it? Mm. Uh, helping others really has kept me going uh, mm. through Cool Ridings and Ebony Horse Club, being able to focus on giving gifts this Christmas and giving young riders the motivation to keep going it it motivates me it really does I have my horses here in Cheltenham and they need to be exercised and and kept comfortable a.m and p.m so I mean that motivates me as well this is this is a lifestyle that I've it's all I know it's all I know now I don't remember before 11 years old (laughs) not having horses so I I'm motivated by my life you know everything I do motivates me Um, unfortunately I've 
had a lot of change because my mum's been diagnosed with something that's life shortening. So I need to push on and, and and get as high in my sport as I can quickly. So training has never been more important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we are heading into 2021. Now I know that we used to go go through New Year's resolutions, but I don't know now whether we do that anymore, whether we go into goals <laughs> purely as we used to. Goals for 2021. You might have some personal ones, and I'm not asking you your personal goals um, or ones that you can't speak about now, but is there anything that you're looking forward to and any takeaways from this year? I'm really looking forward to moving yards. That's something that's happening in the next couple of weeks. And I'll be based with somebody who has qualified for the upcoming Olympics. And to have that training on site is going to be uh, so advantageous for all of my horses. And I'll also be looking forward to, to getting hopefully back to international level next year and representing Jamaica once again and um, just becoming a world-class rider. Those, those are my goals. Yeah. And great goals to have. I mean, you can't get better than that, really. Mm-hmm. Thank, um, thank you so much, Lydia, for taking time out to do this interview with me. And I, what you can't see, those who are listening, are the amount of awards that are behind Lydia at this moment in time. Um, wow. I mean, <laughs> I can't say that I've got anything near as that. <laughs> this is uh, a little rosette wolf from my pony club days. We've got um, first, second and third rosettes nicely arranged there as a, uh, almost wallpaper in my bedroom. <laughs> so they've got nice annotations about how the day went, how I feel my ponies went, what the date was. There's a lot of 2000, 2012 winnings there. And yeah, really nice to look back on. Great memories. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm going to end the interview now. Okay. Thank well, you. It's been lovely much. to speak with you. And um, yeah, please do keep in touch with our progress. And hopefully I can achieve these goals <laughs> in the 2021. But I really appreciate your time, Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you. To that one person listening to this podcast, I want to say to you, whatever your background, whatever your adversity, don't let anyone make you feel you don't belong somewhere you want to be. Go compete to the top of your game. The views, information and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely my own and do not represent those of people, institutions or organisations that I may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Thank you.